Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 31 of the Alt Left here at Tickle Your Ear Holes today with me. It's Matthew Jumbo Johnson. What up, everybody? Welcome back. The Reverend Dr. K. Good evening, everybody. And me, your honor, <laughs> Judge Chris. Your honor. Your eminence. Now the court's in session. Um, let's talk about some shit going on in our legal system. Holy oh, shit. God. Is the world exploding? I think we're starting there. Was it? Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Wasn't Biden being president supposed to make everything better again? I heard everything all, was going to go fine. But it, to be fair, to be fair. I believe I was promised brunch. I have had brunch. You have. I have. I've had brunch. That you'd counts. Be, you'd be the only one. Um, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Was, this brunch was had without myself or Kay? Yes. You bastard. You son of it a bitch. It was with my mother. She's delightful and better than all three of us combined. Ah. Of course it would be with the one person is, none of us are going to bitch about. You that is true. Scam- scoundrel. Although I'm a little disappointed that you didn't invite me because I love your mother. She is delightful. I know. And I love that her too, is which is why saint. I wouldn't subject her to you. Oh, got it. <laughs> Just just so everybody is aware, you should all know this because it's important information. Chris's mother is a damn saint. She is. She uh, she deserved far better than me as a son. But she had a daughter, too. She's all right. But <laughs> I'm glad she doesn't listen to this. She's back out with the fuck. No, my sister's amazing, too. But legality. We have court cases that are nuts. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw there was this fantastic meme that's going around. It's the... Uh, it's the Pawn Stars and says, everyone wants free Britney, and the best we can do is letting Cosby go. Like, at the same time, we... Li- <laughs> I had not seen that one. Yeah, we literally have a case about conservatorship, which we'll go into shortly, but number one, literally the most well-known rapist, finally convicted, sentenced to jail, and he gets out because the prosecution fucked up. And I gotta say, I don't know about you guys, I'm actually torn about how I feel about it, and... I'll go out on a bigger limb. I'm torn only because it hurts to say it, but it's true. Cosby being released was the right thing. What do you boys think? So I I think I get where you're going. For the record, Cosby's terrible. He's a rapist and I hope he dies. Yeah. So, so here's, here's the reason I'm going to go into this a little bit. I think I know why Chris is saying that. And I, if I'm right, I would, I would guess that I'm going to agree with him. So the reason Cosby got released is because with a prior case, Cosby struck a deal with a prosecuting attorney. Under the terms of that deal, he made a confession to a different rape. I think several different rapes. I think he, no, I, I'm sorry, not a confession. He gave incriminating evidence. He gave a deposition. And what this is, is basically he was facing civil suits, which means people were just coming for money. There was nothing legally binding or to put him in prison or make him a criminal. To get him to talk, the DA basically made a deal saying, we will completely absolve you of criminal charges in these on any cases that you talk about. Um, and will you talk about these for a deposition? Cosby took the deal. Later on, then another DA prosecutes him for these cases not only negates the deal but then uses that deposition that was made under the case of amnesty to prosecute him as evidence and and this is why cosby deserves to be let go not because cosby's innocent or he's a or he's a good man no i i i fervently hope that that lightning strikes him any moment now or or that he's raped to death by a a pack of uh, female american gladiators the point is Cosby is a bad person, but he's still subject to equal treatment under the law. The reason you have defense lawyers, even for people who suck, is because everyone deserves a fair shake and a fair trial. I um, I had a, I remember I used to know a defense attorney. I was friends with him. Good guy. Older guy. He had just retired. And he and I had this conversation. And I asked him, I said, now I agree with everyone should get a lawyer, but how do you sleep at night when you're defending someone you know is guilty as hell? Someone who's terrible. How do you how do you justify defending a murder? Not that it shouldn't happen, but how do you deal with that? And he said, he said, look, you know, if someone's guilty, they're going to jail. They're going to get convicted. That It's not my job to determine whether someone's guilty or not. That's the court's job. He said, my job is to make sure the prosecution and the judge give him a fair trial. My job is to make sure he gets a jury of his peers. 
and that the evidence is real and was collected according to the law and that procedure is followed. And he got a fair shake so that when he if he's guilty and he goes to jail, he went to jail fair and square and the system works. That's my job. And on this one, that's what Cosby's defense lawyers were doing. Now, are they slimy, overpaid assholes who help defend assholes? Of course they are. I'm not defending them as human beings. But we have a legal system for a reason, and justice needs to be blind. And if you have prosecutors who are just going to go flying off the handles and fuck up cases and prosecute people wrongfully, if you don't let someone like Cosby go, who has a billion-dollar attorney, you're especially not going to let innocent people who are wrongly prosecuted go. In order to defend people who are being screwed over by the DA, we have to let this go because precedent matters and it matters in law more than anything in the world. And if we're going to go, well, even though the prosecution screwed up, we don't like Cosby, we're going to keep him in jail. What does that say to everybody else? It says that now prosecuting attorneys are free to get Joe Schmo off the street and trap him basically in a shit deal and then use that entrapment to fucking send him to, the, to prison. Exactly. Oh. And it wasn't even necessarily a shit deal. It was a pretty good deal in terms of... Oh, for Cosby, Cosby, it's a damn good deal. Well, but that's but that's my point. They gave him a deal that was too good for him. He didn't deserve the deal that he got, but he still got it. And he deserves to be released based on that deal that you can't just negate something that you did because you don't like him or he's actually guilty. Yes, we all know he's guilty. He's, you know, a a rapist and a sexual predator. We get it. But everybody also knows this. I can't imagine that his life is going to be all fucking roses and and fun, especially after coming out of out of jail, because I what he was in jail for three or four years, Uh, two years, two years, whatever. Does he deserve to be in jail? Absolutely. Is he in jail because the DA fucked up and gave him a deal that was too good to be true? Yes, that also happened. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is they gave him a too good of a deal. But here's the thing. Like, we don't always see sweetheart deals for the rich and famous. Oh, absolutely. Of course we do. Everyone's like, oh, my God, there's indictment for the Trump guys. It's like, oh, good. Look, a rich, connected, wealthy white man is getting indicted on tax charges. I'm sure he's going to die in a terrible sweat box. No, he'll be fine. Well, and that's the thing, too, to remember is Cosby's lawyers are very well-paid, good lawyers. Question has to be asked, how many times does this happen and it doesn't get caught because the person that's representing the person, the guy on the other side is some shit pro bono attorney or some assigned person just out of law school or some bullshit like that. I guarantee you stuff like this happens all the time. So when it gets caught, it needs to be brought to light. And like Chris was saying on a previous episode. There are times where a slippery slope argument is valid. Politics is one of them. A situation like this is another. Because if they were to basically let this pass and keep Cosby in jail, guarantee you would open the floodgates for Joe Schmo on the street to get screwed. I would say politics is not a good slippery slope argument, but I would say legality is. Didn't you make the point that politics is one of the times where a slippery slope argument is can be valid? No. Legal precedent is when yeah, it's valid. Yeah, legal legal precedent. Politics, is, is the political slippery slopes are if you let gay people marry, they're going to marry dogs next. Well, I was wrong about what you said, but I used that to segue into this, so I still stand by my original point. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, I, I, I trust you on that. Like, But still, it, it actually only further backs up what I was saying. Mm-hmm. This is actually one of those times where a slippery slope argument is valid. Because again, if we were to... Yes, he is guilty. However, in this circumstance... If we tell a prosecuting attorney that it is okay to break a deal and coerce a confession out of someone to then throw them back in in prison, as long as it's a different prosecutor, imagine how many other people are going to get screwed like that. I guarantee you it's going to happen en masse. Yeah. I mean, the court of public opinion will always win out. I mean, you know, this is how the Nuremberg trials went. You know, we put Nazis on trial as we should have. Uh, for war crimes and crimes against humanity, but the people who were prosecuting them were also committing war crimes. I mean, how does a nation who vaporized two metropolises full of children and burned down all the babies in Tokyo with napalm 
call foul on Nazis. Like we were just as bad, but it's okay to point the finger at certain. And this is that slippery slope is that it was precedent. It is if you start establishing that it's okay to prosecute at certain times and not okay to go after people other times, you end up with a shit situation like we have now because the United States has an entire history of pointing the finger at other people committing crimes against humanity, regardless of our own. We are allowed to continue committing crimes against humanity all the time and flouting international law. And it's the same yeah. thing. And, and to prevent that thing happening legally, you know, if we're going to keep Cosby in jail because we don't like him, it's like, OK, well, at what point do we start just locking up everyone we don't like and letting them stay in jail regardless of the law? What it comes down to to me is the law is the law and the rules are the rules. And if you don't abide by the rules and the laws, then, yeah, you you divulge into a sort of anarchy in that case. Well, I'm, not, just I'm, I'm never going to go that far, but I believe in equal protection. No, no, but law. what, but what I'm saying is what I'm saying is, is that you just, you give prosecutors and district attorneys carte blanche to do what they want and not follow the rules of mm. you made a deal. You got to stick to this deal. Yeah. Uh, that wrong. That's what I'm talking about. And that is exactly the point I thought you were raising Chris. And I, I do happen to agree with you. I do. And, and you're right. It sucks because Cosby is absolutely a piece of shit who should be locked up. I honestly, every bad thing that I can think of that should happen to a human, I think should happen to Cosby. I mean, I think every president since Carter should be in prison too. And many before him as well, but, but you're, but you're right. Like we have oh to, God, you're, is Carter you're right. the only president the I don't equally. think should belong in prison. <laughs> I honestly can't think of a president who doesn't belong in jail other than Carter. Uh, Carter was kind of a cupcake. He still is a cupcake. That guy's amazing. That, that is true. He's still at like 90 plus years old. I don't care. He's great. He can date my sister. Carter's fantastic. <laughs> he builds homes for Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, he's a million years old and has a giant heart, and he's just fantastic. But speaking of legal precedent, there's the other court case that's, that everyone's talking about. is, oh is Britney God. Spears. Again, and talk about the exact flip side of this. So we right. have Cosby, an absolute monster, walking free because legal precedent says he should. And then we have Britney Spears, an innocent human being, as a human slave, when precedent even shows that she shouldn't. I mean, she's under a conservatorship, and legal conservatorships are for people who have dementia or absolute horrible... Mental illness. Yeah, horrible mental illness and, and, and just don't have the cognitive ability they can't take care of themselves, basically. Yeah, they can't. Like, they can't make decisions. Yeah, for they themselves. will buy magic beans all the time. Yeah, and but that's not Brittany. Now, again, it's people are like, oh, well, look, she went crazy. And it's like, I'm sorry, I don't know about you, but I've been through some shit in my life, and I've gone off the deep end worse than Brittany. Every once in a while, people have psychotic breaks, and then they get better. Can you even imagine what would happen to you if you dated Kevin Federline? Like, holy oh, shit. Can you imagine divorcing <laughs> a guy like Kevin fucking Federline? Who wouldn't go nuts? You know, but that's the other thing, too. It's not just that she dated Kevin Federline. Britney Spears has been in the limelight. It, it, it's one of those. Since she was like 16, right? She was a yeah. child. No, since before then. She was a Mickey Mouse yeah, club. Well, oh, yeah. Well before that's right. she her was and, 16. Uh, her and Timberlake. So, like, this goes back. She's a child star. She's always been in the limelight. You First of all, you don't grow up. I don't care how good your parents are. You're not going to grow up normal if that is your life. No child star grows up normal. You're surrounded by yes men all the time telling you that you are amazing and great. And then all of your fans tell you that you are amazing and great. And you grow up believing you that you are amazing and great. The second that that becomes not true for you, your entire world comes crashing down around you. And I'm sure that that's what happened. I don't think that's what happened. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually would disagree. You don't think so? No, I don't think it was the fact of crumbled entitlement. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree there's an element of that in there, but like... I, I actually don't. I really think you're looking at a normal human being who had an... No, ab not with... I'm not saying... I'm not saying with Britney. I'm saying like in, in general, when speaking about child stars, I'm sure oh, yeah. the scenario K that ta is talking about is, uh, is exists. But with Britney, like I think it's just a normal human brain who is under immense amounts of pressure, was never shown the love that she needed to be shown, was never treated like a normal human being. And I think that, again, remember, like she's constantly, she was the star, the star when, we, when I was in high school. 
and you've got people picking at you, paparazzi following you. You're, and then you date like one of the scummiest, douchiest, trailer parkiest dudes you could ever date in your life who probably just ruined your self-esteem. But I don't know. Again, I think we're making a lot of general. It's like, to, to, first of all, for Kay's point, like I don't think child stars getting screwed up have anything to do with people telling them they're amazing and them finding out they're not. I think a good way to look at it is Drew Barrymore, right? You know, child star oh, of ET, and she's written her memoirs about how, yeah, oh yeah, me and just about everyone else who was like me were doing blow at nine and ten years old, and we're yep. sucking yeah. dick at eleven. You know, and it's like they, these kids were literally fed upon by the worst of Hollywood adults. I mean, and it's not just isolating. I mean, Corey Feldman has said the same kind of shit. You oh know? God! And basically, yeah. these poor kids just get locked in a room with Weinstein and Spacey all day long. You know that—that's what basically yeah. happens to them. And it's like that's why they get screwed up. But I don't even think with Brittany. I don't even think it was that because she was pretty well balanced. Always has been. She literally married the worst person ever, and that—and she had the worst moment of her life, and it happened in front of the world with cameras in her face at all times, everyone judging her. I mean, she had to wake up every day and hear the crap that shitty British tabloids had to say about her. And at a certain point, you shave your head, you smash a window with an umbrella. That's what you do. That's human. In fact, I look at Britney's, like, was it 2013, I think? I look at her 2013 meltdown or whatever it was. And to me, that makes her the most sane and normal human. Like, that's her most normal, sane human moment. As I look at that and like, yep. That is what a normal person, that would be their breaking point in this situation. I can't think of anyone who would handle that well, the the thing she was under. And I think if she needed to, like, be placed in some emotional and mental, you know, her career goes on hiatus for a year. She goes to some Malibu season camp for a little while, gets off whatever pills she was taking, has some good in-depth counseling, burns some sage, has a minute to herself, you know, smokes some fucking pot, talks to some trees and some fucking shrinks, and recenters herself. I think she's fine. But instead, her shitty father got conservativeship over her, which never should have happened. There's literally, this is the first time in American history, someone who is not severely handicapped has ever had a conservative ship placed over them like this. And she's for this long. No, it's ever. happened it's, for short periods of time, but never for this uh, long for weeks and not to this capacity. And usually when they're in a coma or. Yep. Yeah, that's but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is, but she didn't is have that. She was usually for very short periods of time. But the thing is, she didn't have a debilitating disease or injury. Agreed. That's why it's never and happened even for a short period of time. Work. It has never happened even in the short term. Agreed. And then, yeah, like Matt's saying, being forced to work, she's literally a slave. Isn't doesn't have a right to hire her own attorneys. She doesn't get to make choices for when or where she does anything. Which I am proud yeah. of her for basically saying. I will not take the stage as long as this conservatorship is on. And I think that's the yeah. smart way to go. Starve the money. I agree. Just refuse. But the fact that it hasn't been nullified already and that it's even a debate is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Well, and keep in mind, one of the key points in this shit, and, and I this is where I also agree with Brittany. I, I don't think it's going to end up the way she wants it, but the judge was basically telling her in, in this leaked, and this, again, this wasn't the, the last leaked thing that came out. It wasn't that they were deciding whether or not to end it. It was her making the appeal and the decision whether or not to end it's going to happen at a later date. And because all this stuff leaked, the judge is going to close it and we, are, we probably aren't going to find out until it happens one way or the other. But the big point of contention here is she doesn't want any more evaluations. She's getting evaluated regularly and she's tired of it. She's tired of people poking and prodding and asking her questions. She doesn't want it. The problem is, legally speaking, that is what is needed to end a conservatorship as an evaluation. So there's this weird legal null zone where basically the one thing that is required in order to move this forward, she doesn't want to do. And I'm with it with her, with her on that. I don't think she should have to do it. But from what I've been able to find out, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room as far as legality goes to get out of that. Yeah. Part of the, the thing that disturbs me the most about this is that her father is the one that's doing this to her. He refuses to make any decisions that seem to be good for her specifically. He's fighting tooth and nail and he's using her own money to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he gets it. That's the thing. As long as he's got the golden goose chained up, the golden eggs are his. 
Yeah, that's that's why it's sickening to me is because it's happening. It's her father doing it and she's having to pay for it. I honestly I'm a I'm a father myself. I can't imagine what kind of fucked up inbred piece of shit you need to be to look at your own child and think, yeah, I'm going to milk milk this kid for all they're worth. Like it, it just it happens all the time. What I, I know it, it does. does. It I, happens I it all does, the damn time. It's the same kind of father that says, I'm going to sign my seven year old to Disney. But in good news this week, did you guys hear that there is there is cause for celebration? Finally, Ronald Reagan has good company in hell. Donald Rumsfeld has finally made it down there to him. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Wicked witch, the witch, oh witch. So Donald Rumsfeld hey. has a long God. career of war crimes and crimes against humanity, uh, running the American Empire. He's the architect of both Iraq invasions. God, he he served under uh, Reagan too, didn't he? No, no, but he's he's a he's a human being, and and you should be nice. A, a human he's being a, is he's dead. He's a national uh, hero. Uh, uh, fuck Donald he, Rumsfeld. He, he commanded two wars. <laughs> yeah, which. <laughs> No, he was a piece of shit who didn't care about anyone except for himself and uh, essentially two wars, unnecessary wars for money as, and oil. As opposed to the necessary wars America's been in. Yeah, right. Well, I <laughs> sure we <laughs> there's only been a couple of those and Which they're still ones were very those? tentative. <laughs> Like I said, there was only a couple other wars. Well, I, I mean, the Civil War. Hey, 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 this is not a point for debate. This is a point for all of us to be celebrating. Hey, Asshole's dead. I, I have a hot take on Lincoln. I think he's a son of a bitch. And that's fine. The Civil War was still necessary. Was it? I did, did, yeah, was it? Kind of. Okay. What about when when the uh, uh, America... Was was being invaded? Oh, I, oh no! We, we would have lost Florida. No. no, no. <laughs> oh no! We would have lost banjo music. How terrible! No, and we Lincoln didn't give a goddamn about slavery. Lincoln cared about keeping I, I the say union that he together. Did. But the Civil War wasn't about slavery. It was about keeping the union together. Fuck the union. America's in the crisis we are now. Because of the Civil War. Had we let them secede, they literally would have fallen apart. I mean, had we never fired a single shot, they weren't collecting taxes. The Civil, the South on its own was falling apart. And Jefferson Davis was running for his life because he was trying to collect taxes and they all wanted to kill him. Like, they would have completely collapsed in a couple of years and had to come begging their way back into the Union in which case they could have been led in on the condition of the abolition of slavery, and then we would have had a peaceful transition into a single culture. Instead, we martyred them, and now we get Trump and distinct cultures in America that are still warring to this day. In fact, if I would say there's any war that is justified, the Second World War would be the only one, and in it, we acted in the wrong way every time. So fuck Donald Rumsfeld and fuck American warfare. Agreed. <laughs> sorry for sorry for crapping on the happy news, man. I didn't mean to poop on your Donald Rumsfeld. I just cake. want to celebrate the death of a monster. Why can't I just have that? <laughs> Let me have this. All right, Donald Rumsfeld was bad, and I'm glad he's bad and dead. Yay! <laughs> hey, and fifty percent of the Koch brothers are dead, so we're working on it. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Now we just need let's see, Mitch McConnell. Uh, let's see, Republican oh, pedophile Matt, that... Matt Gates. Yeah. Fucking dinosaur would just roll over that does and kill ted turtles fucking cruise and fuck ted cruise oh fuck ted cruise he doesn't know no i'm good in bed he doesn't deserve it now moving on though the thing that i i have been gear enough to talk about this week you know something i've gotten a lot of flack for uh but with liberals is whenever i criticize biden right all i ever get is Give him time. Give him time. It's only been barely over a hundred days. Just give him time. Which, by the way, I guarantee you they'll be dropping that line four years from now. Just yeah. give him another just four years. Just give him one just, more term. Just give one him more one term. more term. Yeah, yeah. just another term Biden. That's all we need. And he's now bombed Iran and Syria a second time. Thoughts? Mm -hmm. Almost like there's no significant difference 
between Republicans and Democrats when it comes to foreign policy, and they're all a bunch of warmongers and pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My big issue with this, and I think the reason why we see no difference between Republicans and Democrats in terms of warfare uh, is, again, back to precedent. It's what we see with uh, Article 2. It gets justified for everything. So uh, the Pentagon press secretary, John Kirby, I got a quote from him uh, when he was asked about the bombing and why that took place and blah, blah. His quote is, the president took this action pursuant to his Article 2 authority to protect U.S. personnel in Iraq. Now, this is often in politics, it's usually called naked Article 2 assertion. Um, and that is, the executive branch is claiming the right to use military force, armed force, whatever, um, without reference to any authorization from Congress whatsoever. Congress gets no say at all. Um, now, John Kirby, he made the same case in almost exactly the same words uh, in, I believe it was February. It was, I know it was early in the year. It was January. No, it was February. Uh, when Biden bombed northeastern Syria and his, his quote then, because I got them both quotes. So this bombing was the president took this action pursuant to his Article 2 authority to protect U.S. personnel in Iraq. The first bombing, he said, the president took this action pursuant to his Article 2 authority to defend U.S. personnel. Damn near verbatim. And now if you're someone who believes in like separation of powers, right? If you believe in the Holy Trinity from your American civics class of the branches of government, uh, this should feel authoritarian and, and un-American, right? Especially given that before Article 2, guys, comes Article 1. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution declares that, and I'm quoting here, Congress shall have power to declare war. It's very plain English. This stuff was written by hand, right? Article 1, Congress gets to declare war, and only Congress. The legislative branch has this power. Now, the guy who wrote that is James Madison. He's the architect of the Constitution. Every historian agrees to this. James Madison wrote most of the Constitution. And for good reason. He was a fucking genius. And he wanted all war powers to be Congress, right? And um, basically, he wanted the president, with Article 1 and 2, the president gets unfettered control over the military during war, but he doesn't get to declare it. And the idea of Article 2 powers is a total crock of shit. Uh, it's not even real, right? So Article 2 states simply, all it states is the president is commander-in-chief of the military. That's it. It doesn't say the president can declare war or do anything. It simply says he's commander-in-chief. And that only says that afterwards, which means it's predicated that only Congress can declare war. But in 1950, President Truman sends hundreds of thousands of U.S. troops to Korea with no congressional authorization. So we're talking only five years after World War II. Uh, Roosevelt's follow-up, follow immediately, Truman sends everyone out to Korea to kick off the Korean War. And and why? Again, his... Um, his, his, his reasoning is quoted as the president's control over the armed forces of the United States is based on Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution. Article 2, Section 2 states the president shall be commander in chief of the army and navy of the United States. That's all it says. It doesn't say he gets to go kick off a Korean War. It's been used ever since then, right? So getting us into Vietnam is kind of a tricky one, right? So in 64, you have the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution. And what happened is the Gulf of Tonkin is an American gunboat hypothetically was sunk and Congress then gave authorization for us to go into war in Vietnam. Two problems with this. First of all, it never happened. We actually know this for a fact now. Thank you, Freedom Information Act. It was a complete fabrication. It was a total false flag operation and there was no gunboat shot down at all. We completely went into Vietnam having never been provoked. I'm shocked. S secondly, why were there American gunboats in Vietnam? <laughs> there weren't. There were. There were many American gunboats in Vietnam. Just yeah, the we, one they talked about been, never sank. Yeah, we've been we'd been in, interfering in Vietnam long before the Vietnam War yeah. actually broke out. So which the thing is, is interesting because what what exactly is in Vietnam that we wanted so goddamn much? I'll tell you to stop uh, the so, spread of communism. Uh, <laughs> kind of. So basically, you have after World War II, right? Uh, England gets rid of most of its colonies. France doesn't. France just really fucking refuses and they they hang on right and the thing about france is they had a very active military around the world when they collapsed and so you had a lot of french foreign legions still camping out in the colonies who didn't have to go fight germans 
And so once France was back, so was so were their colonies, uh, which is why France is actually probably takes the cake for the worst uh, imperial force that's ever existed, especially at least in modern ter- times. You know, typically the uh, the Russians, Americas and, and, and British fight out for that title. But really, it's France. They're just the goddamn worst at this, which is a shame because they're a pretty fucking robust and woke civilization uh, society in, domestically. Anyway, I'm digressing. So Vietnam is a French colony, right? And they decide they don't want to be a French colony more. And so this guy named Ho Chi Minh, who is incredible, he's a Vietnamese guy, but he's educated in France, has, speaks English, speaks French, speaks Vietnamese, speaks Chinese. I mean, he's Ho Chi Minh's a fucking genius. And he actually did this amazing thing where he literally quoted lines from the American Declaration of Independence when he declared independence from France. And so it was a real big fuck you, and Vietnam breaks away, right? France doesn't like that, so France has a war, because that's what you do when your colonies try to leave. And France is getting their asses kicked, and they don't have any money. You know, again, they're still rebuilding after World War II. France is just fucking exhausted. But the Vietnamese are communists, or at least, you know, the the, the breakaway section, the Ho Chi Minh forces are, are communists. And after being under the rule of Western imperialism, they want to try out this socialism thing. So they go for communism, and uh, Russia thinks that's great. China thinks that's great. Uh, Vietnam actually isn't a big fan of China. Uh, so they actually don't take the Chinese help at all. They, you know, China offers to send massive amounts of soldiers in, and Vietnam refuses. Uh, they fight it on their own, and they're winning. And France is like, we can't do this. We're, gonna, we're just going to back out. And the United States goes, no, you can't let the Ruskies win. We'll fight the war for you. So we went into Vietnam for the sole purpose of keeping Russian influence out of their politics, which had nothing to do with us. That's why an insane amount of people died. So once again, the United States sticking their dick in places it doesn't belong. Exactly. Got you know, and, and we just decided that we couldn't let Asia fall. So uh, we, we went into the Vietnam War, killed a whole yeah. bunch of people, a lot of them our own. And, and still lost. Yeah. And this is what I was referencing with on the last podcast when I was talking about how right after World War II, II during the Red Scare, it wasn't just Russia. Communism was kind of spreading and it became, again, the Western ideology of the United States of capitalism and free markets versus the, you know, the USSR and China's communism. And, and the interesting thing, too, is they weren't like, like, as Chris just pointed out, they weren't exactly unified in and how they wanted to approach this. Clearly, you know, China and, and Russia went with more dictatorship and state capitalism at the end. But even the communist states didn't necessarily all agree with each other. They were just supporting each other because the biggest guys in the fight, China and, and, and Russia, wanted to see communism spread. So they would back anyone that wanted to implement a communist uh, government. Just like the United States was backing literally anyone that wanted their kind of government. So, yeah, that's why we had personnel in Vietnam to begin with, is the president sent these guys, even though to an active war zone, even though Congress never said that was okay. Uh, He still sent armed forces into conflict. And then when a boat didn't blow up, but the CIA said it did, that's all Congress needed. Kill a boat, drop a few buildings, whatever. It's all you need to instigate massive amounts of war. You'll get congressional support if you have a tragedy. That's the American way. But what it didn't do is even though Congress authorized the Vietnam activity late, but it did, what it didn't authorize is the U.S. going into Cambodia. Cambodia is the nation next to Vietnam, uh, a nation that Vietnam has been at war with quite a few times. We dropped over half a million tons of bombs on farmers and fishermen in Cambodia. That's the same amount of ordnance that we dropped in the entire Pacific Theater in World War II on Cambodia, a country that wasn't even part of the fight. Congress never said that was okay, but we couldn't let food and weapons and things get funneled into Vietnam, so we literally bombed the shit out of their neighbors without any authorization. We went right into another sovereign nation that we had no fight with at all, and that was okay because the U.S. had in no sense gone to war with Cambodia. That's what Nixon said. Uh, you know, He said he didn't need any authorization of Congress, and also, and that's that double step, is basically like first like presidents will either try to get authorization uh, or they will say it didn't happen. And they'll also say, and no matter what, I still have the legal right. He said that no matter what, he had the constitutional designation as the president as commander in chief to go bomb whoever the fuck he wanted. 
And this isn't old stuff. This isn't just Cold War. In 2011, guys, I mean, people forget this. Remember how we overthrew Libya? People forget that one. Obama invaded and overthrew Libya. Libya never attacked us. Never did anything. A single leader of their military said they were carrying out human atrocities. Now it's all the UN needed to hear to go after Gaddafi. Now, by the way, Libya also refuses at that point to participate in the World Bank and World Monetary Fund, and now they do. But that's got nothing to do with it, I am sure. Oh, uh, no, the fact that the fact that human slavery is back in Libya and you can buy an eight year old sex slave in an open air bazaar now, which wasn't allowed before, that doesn't matter. Now, now human atrocities are over in Libya. Thank God we went in and shot fucking tomahawk missiles into children. Obama did that with no congressional approval. He went straight to the Security Council and he overthrew that sovereign nation with no regard to the will of the American people. No one got to vote on it and no one we elected to represent us got to vote on it. And what did he do? Obama claimed Article 2. And it's the same with Trump. He bombed Syria a few times, claiming Article 2. And, and now with Biden bombing Iranian allies for the second time this year, and guys, it's only halfway through the first year of his presidency. He has now gone after Iran with bombs twice. He's got a record and is setting a precedent that he's even more war-hungry than Trump was. To all the people that are just saying, you know, give him a little more time on things like, you know. I'm terrified to give him more time. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, we got plenty of time to bomb sovereign nations, you know, and of course they're going to, they're protecting our freedoms from fucking who? Yeah. Who are we, who, who are we at a threat for, at, at threat from from these countries? Who the, the only the only people I've seen go after my freedoms are people wearing an American flag pin on their lapel. <laughs> right. That's the only people I've ever seen erode my freedoms. Now i I was just thinking about something when I was a kid. I remember being taught that the the president was allowed to make war for sixty days uh, without Congress approval. No, the president is allowed to engage the military in combat for 90 days well, okay, before so Congress just, can recall them. No, no, I just looked it up, right? So it's War Power Resolution of 1973, mm -hmm. or the War Power Acts. And what it allows is for the, uh, the president to commit United States armed forces to anywhere that he wants for 60 days and then allowing for 30 days of withdrawal if Congress by then does not uh, sanction the action. Yeah, so the, that the was thing about so, that so is 200 is, years after the Constitution, Vietnam poses this in. Yeah, exactly. So it's like we have this idea that, oh, yeah, the president gets to, to make war without Congress if he wants to. But it didn't happen till 1973. What the fuck? And even then, it's only for a matter of days, not the endless wars we see now, which is why Correct. which is why you don't see presidents using that, because they want endless war, and that's why they have to go Article 2. Yeah, and that's kind of the catch-22. It's like everybody has this idea in today's eye, you know, today's eye of, oh yeah, the president gets to make war because of this, is, you know, war powers resolution, but it doesn't say that anywhere in, in the actual constitution and in the articles following and, and and it sends a dangerous message because now we don't need 60s we don't have to put guys on steam-powered ships and sail them around the world now we're we have aircraft carriers in every single ocean around the planet we can just launch fucking tomahawk cruise missiles whenever we feel like it we don't need oh, we months could, to fly have, tiny nations we could literally have boots in the ground now president says go we can have marines on the ground in hours that's yep. that's what i was saying it's like we could literally have Boots on the ground in hours, no matter where they wanted them. Yeah, you, you, all you have to do is just, you know, uh, uh, land in an Imperial ship and the stormtroopers jump right off and you're good to go. Another thing that boggles me about conservatives, it's like, who do you root for in Star Wars? Because I was literally written about conservative American imperialism. Mm -hmm. Turn of the Jedi is an absolute allegory. And George Lucas has admitted this is a total allegory to the Vietnam War. But you root, you root for the good guy. Yeah, right. but that but that's who we are. And that's that's what I'm talking about. It's like we are this this evil empire because what we're saying here is you know, what did Biden do, right? We're we're telling people that we will bomb you and kill you even if no America cuz this is all done on the, under the pretext of of of, you know, protecting American lives, right? No one was killed, no one was harmed that was American. 
everyone was fine. Even Trump didn't do that. But we blew up two storage facilities and the people who were working there to prevent possible future attacks because that totally works. In in this one airstrike, five Iraqi workers were killed because there's two airstrikes, one on the Iraqi side, one on the Syrian side. An unknown number of people were killed on the Syrian side, but we do know one child was killed. Uh, that's called the minority report, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's exactly what it is. We're preventing future crime, so we better go killing children to save American soldiers. Right. Uh, and by the way, it's not like our buddies of Iraq were on board with this. Uh, Iraq actually officially condemned these strikes. Iraq's prime minister denounced the airstrike, and his quote is, it was a blatant and unacceptable violation of Iraqi sovereignty. Additionally, Syria's foreign minister told uh, uh, the official news agency that the air raids demonstrated, quote, the recklessness of U.S. policies and the need for Washington to withdraw its aggressor forces from the region. That's what we're hearing from. So the people that we're helping are telling us that we're violating their sovereignty and are condemning the actions we're taking. No, no, no. It's OK. We're helping. By the way, and, and, and in terms of bombing our way into world peace because of the attacks, on, uh, on Monday, a militia shell- shelled a U.S. base in Syria, and Iraqi militants have already created several mil- uh, reliable threats against retaliation of U.S. forces imminent. Yeah, of course. There's already been a shelling of one of our bases, and they're absolutely, and all the terror network is now lighting up saying they're coming for us. And, and, and like reliable sources are, because this was our way of achieving peace, right? And mm-hmm. this is one of the biggest issues I have with these latest attacks, is it's not even that... We're just being bastards. It's no one's even talking about it. It's the fact these are, there's a failure to elicit any kind of significant response or criticism from any U.S. media source or Congress. When you hear Biden launching military strikes, did you hear anyone on CNN, MSNBC, BBC, even Fox News? Did anybody condemn this? No, of course not. They reported on it. No one. Everyone's like, oh, this happened in militants and whatever. Yeah. It was just brown people. Yeah. People on the other side of the world doesn't matter. Yeah. Meanwhile, we've got, you know, blue, we've got blue Fox News, fucking Chris Cuomo and Rachel Maddow sitting here jerking each other off or Biden's building bridges. And they don't have a single thing about him violating international law and blowing up civilians to protect troops that were in no danger. I got to tell you, like. That's the claim. The Pentagon makes a claim that, that Washington's bombing and killing of Iraqis in Syria was, and I've got a quote here from the Pentagon, it's pursuant to its right of self-defense and designed to protect U.S. personnel. That's or U.S. personnel. It's never questioned. Nobody talks about it. And, and I'm sorry, the most obvious question we've got to ask, guys, is if Washington is so gung-ho and so intent on protecting American personnel, why don't we withdraw them? If these guys are in such danger... That we've got to send cruise missiles in. Why don't Why don't we just you know get the fuck out? I think we should. And all this is happening. And what's the other thing we've got going on simultaneously? While Biden is launching missiles into a into a, a, a Iraq and Syria, right? What do we have? We have the British ship that was in the fucking Taiwan Strait. Do you guys remember that one? No, I don't actually. Really, it was in the news. So, so there's there's this place. There's I missed Ta- that one. So the Taiwan Strait is an incredibly vital Chinese shipping lane. And then there's also the shipping lane, and it continues around the Crimea Peninsula, right? So basically, a British destroyer sailed through it for no reason other than to piss off China and Russia. It was the only reason. A a, a British destroyer just literally cruised right through, violated Russian waters, and pissed off the Chinese. It was not on a mission. It was not delivering aid. It wasn't even traveling somewhere in specific. It, its only mission was to violate their international waters. That was its mission. And while this happened, Russian patrol ships fired warning shots at the British ship. And the, the Russians have given details on it. Russian fighter jets dropped bombs in the path of the boat to let them know they, they fucking meant business, right? And the weird thing is the British military has denied that happened. Not that they didn't do this. They didn't say the boat mission didn't happen. They completely went, oh, yeah, we absolutely sailed to destroy you through their waters, but they never fired warning shots at us. As if this totally normal response that Russia did that every country would do when you violate their fucking international waters. Why, why would they need to fire missiles at them or drop bombs at them? That's where you draw the line is like, if we'd have been fired upon, we'd have turned around. How does that make any fucking sense? 
it, it was the HMS Defender, and it went three kil- kilometers into waters claimed by Russia off the Crimean coast. And the best thing is, is only a day before this provocation by the British uh, in the Black Sea, the U.S. destroyer, the USS Curtis Wilbur, was sent through the Taiwan Strait. This is the, the Chinese one. So the British went off in the Black Sea and pissed off Russia, and the, that was the day after. Uh, the USS Curtis Wilbur, the American ship, sailed right through the Taiwan Strait for the sole purpose of flipping off China. And of course, Beijing immediately condemned it and protested it, and we just went, fuck you, and sailed to destroy it right through their waters. By the way, I looked it up. This is the sixth U.S. warship sent through the Taiwan Strait since Biden took office. So since Biden's been president, he has sent six warships through Chinese waters, basically begging for a flashpoint between the U.S. and Chinese. We're trying to provoke a war again. Remember we talked about this in our China episode? About how this smells like a, like they're trying for a war? We've now sailed six ships. No, I, I mean, apparently we're not the only ones doing it. Because apparently the British are also trying to start a war. Because why else would you sh- sail a ship into into waters that are, are, uh, that are, that are not yours? Uh, when it comes to... Hold on. When, when it comes to going to war, though... Great Britain is like the little brother in the top bunk who hears we're going out to a party. Like, oh, you're going to war? Can we come? Sure. But what I'm saying is, like, apparently we're not the only one, you know, sailing ships into places they don't fucking belong. The thing is, uh, even I'm I'm the last to go after because I'm a bit of an Anglophile. Like, but the well, British, I'm not going after British. Britain. No, no, you should. The British are our bitches. Their military does exactly what the United States directs them to do. Now, so do the Canadians, so do the Dutch, whatever. But the British actually have a large and powerful navy. It's the only thing they have left. But they have a large and powerful navy. And we basically own it. And that's what's happening. Is We are directing the British to fuck with the Russians while we go fuck with the Chinese. And we bomb near Iran. By the way, Russia, China, and Iran are allies. The coincidence is lay on thick. And I'm not not wearing a tinfoil hat, guys. Uh, this is what happens historically. This is how the United States makes war. It farms and 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 fabricates and and manifests and grows support internationally and domestically, usually based on piles of bullshit to villainize people whose money we need. And that's it. Sounds about right. So that's Biden's first year in office so far. It's going great. Chris, Chris, you just need to give him more time, man. Just give him more time. He's got it figured out. We already got brunch. There's a plan. Be okay. I'm there's sure a there's a plan. That's true. You know what? Maybe we can go to war with Egypt too. Let's let's fucking do it. Zimbabwe, we're coming for you. You know what just hit me? The the give them more time from the liberal left is really just no different than the crazy Trumpers going. There's a plan. There's a plan. It's it's <laughs> the exact same thing. It's it is. the exact it is. same it is. thing. I hadn't thought about that, but you're a hundred percent correct. Just just wait until this date. Trump is totally going to be back into office. Yep. Hey, yep. hey, they're all playing checkers and he's playing 7D chess. Yep. Right? 7D chess? You know, and it's weird because like, not even weird, but like little things like that, you start to realize like there's just so many similarities between like the way leftists idealize Biden and the way right wingers idealize Trump. No, not it, leftists, it really liberals. Is, sorry, liberals. Sorry, you're right. Liberals. But it's the exact same mentality. It's the same like cult of personality. And at least with with the Trumpers, it's because they Trump is firing them up. These people are devoted to Biden and they're lukewarm on him at best. Like he was the guy they voted for to get rid of Trump. And now they're just devoted to him because they've put all their chips on him and they can't back off the table now. And it's always, you know, it's so funny. I was literally having a conversation with someone today on Snapchat, someone I'm not even really friends with anymore because they're a right wing nut job. They've gotten worse. But she was she she made some joke, you know, about the the, the cat trying to hump her chicken. And and I and I said, sounds like Trump territory to me. And she's like, what's wrong with Trump country? I was like, well, and I literally just did like a whole page of like, I mean, and I, and I really, I kept it real low. I'm like, I mean, he's a racist. He's a, a crazy old kook. He's completely corrupt. You know, his his kids can't even run a charity anymore because they stole money from cancerous kids. And his school was a total fraud. And his, his whole organization is getting indicted on charges. And he's a fascist piece of shit. And, you know, and I, I just kind of uh, went off on it. goes on. Yeah, I, I did my usual Trump rant, right? And there's just... 
And she goes, well, whatever you think. And I was like, which part of that do you disagree with? And then there was silence for a minute. And then just texted back, I don't get involved in politics. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> and that's that same bury your head in the sand. And you get that from the liberals, too. When you start yep. talking shit about Biden, there's only three responses. Either Sacred A, cow. well, you must love Trump. B, at least he's better than Trump. Or C, you don't know what you're talking about. That's Give him all more you time. Give him more time. Yeah, that's all you get is either you love Trump, he's better than Trump, or you haven't given him a chance. And or or you know this, or they they, they tout that fucking Obama quote. Like my God, I don't I don't know what was more hypocritical and shitty of Obama invading Libya or his whole purity politics. What was his quote? What did he say? What was, what was the words he used? When they go called, low, we go high. No, no, it's when he was like doing his, his cancel culture grandpa nonsense. Uh, yeah, Obama warned against purity tests in the Democratic primary. Oh, that bullshit. Yes, I remember that. That shit didn't smell right, even when it was like a like a hard liberal progressive. I still hated that line. Yeah. Hey, uh, we need to we need to stop worrying about people being good. Just settle for good enough. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, this is this is hope and change we can believe in. Like, don't get me wrong. Obama ran on unicorns and delivered horses with broken legs. But even that I didn't expect. Like, well, let's let's not let, let's just settle. Like, I, I just I couldn't believe he went for the just settle for Biden argument because, you know, anything to stop Bernie from being president. Yeah. Can't, can't, right? have, a, can't have a progressive. <laughs> can't, can't 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 have an actual progressive liberal in. Only have a centrist. That's what the Democratic Party's given us. Anyway, we're off on a tangent. But that is the alt-left's recap in the week's news for you. I hope it was tasty and crunchy. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. It's, uh, it is low-calorie, um, but unfortunately high in fat. But I still hope it was good, and uh, I hope you washed it down with something nice. I don't know. It always leaves me satisfied. Uh, I'm a little hungry still. Well, Matt, what's on the plate? Well... You know, we got two ones. Uh, we got the light one and we got the heavy one. Let's and and then we've got a, a special fuck you shout out for. Somebody. Hey, hey, I have a name. Can I have the Don't heavy? Call one me first? the heavy one. Uh, okay, heavy one first. Do we, <laughs> Thank do we you. got votes? I appreciate heavy one first. I, All right, I want the heavy one first. Thank you. All right, so checking in with us is our buddy Stuffy is here. Uh, this Hi, is, Stuffy. Yep, this is in relation to the uh, the cop interview with Lamar Gordon. Uh-oh. So. Yeah, he's got so he's got some takes on it. Uh, I I didn't check in with him, but I think this is going to be okay to mention. Uh, Wait, stuff, stuff, stuff. He's a dude. Yeah, and again, this is I, I completely assumed nothing has ever given me an indication either one. I just immediately envisioned a uh, a lady. So yeah. stuffy, I apologize for assuming your gender. Yeah. Uh, so this is what stuffy writes. It's been a minute since I wrote into the show. I've been busy with work and life, so uh, in general, so I'm behind a week or so. No worries, buddy. It happens. Everybody gets behind. We still love you. I just wanted to say that I love the interview episodes and was generally surprised on how much I agreed with. I wanted to get your thoughts on something happening here in Michigan now, but first to give a little background. I've been in jujitsu for almost five years now, and I train with some cops, corrections officers, and military. Having the tools to take someone down and control them without strikes is invaluable. A state representative recently planned on introducing legislation to have all law enforcement earn a blue belt in jujitsu before becoming sworn in. This can take anywhere from 12 to 24 months, depending on how often you train. Do you agree with this legislation? I would love to see law enforcement receive good quality, uh, continuing ground training. However, this has the potential to put a cost burden on the officer. Our head coach and one of our professional fighters has actually offered free classes to any active duty law enforcement in an effort to help promote this legislation. Let me know what you guys think. Loving the show as always. Well, I mean, Ooh, that's okay. a good one. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's a good one because I, 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 first do. Of all, I think the policy is a good idea. The idea of it putting a cost burden on them, I think is crap because police get reimbursements for their gear and their training is free. And yeah, they get tax write-offs for everything else. I don't think it would. I don't see why the police department could not, upon completion, fine, you go to classes, and if you wash out, yes, you owe for the time because you couldn't cut it. But assuming you complete the course, yes, then your fees are completely waived because now that was a tool for law enforcement. Yeah, yeah as it that's should a, be. That's, 
Cops I don't give a, a fuck what the cost burden is. If we can pay to give them a gun, we can pay to give them judicial training. Yeah, so I guess the first part of your question, I think we're unanimous in agreeing that I think this legislation is a good thing. I think where we disagree is this idea of a cost burden. And you know what? Cops have some of the best fucking benefits in the world. Their police unions have seen to this. I am fu- like, if, if we're going to look at budgets for police, this is one of the places I am okay with their money going. More training. This is what we talked about. Anytime you implement a tool to be used against people, you have two problems. First of all, you're presenting another thing to be abused. And secondly, you are presenting a liability. So what happens when Derek Chauvin uses a jujitsu move, does it wrong, but kills someone? Because I'm sorry, I find it hard to believe there's not a single move in jujitsu that's not a neck strike at some point or a way to restrain that could possibly restrain someone's breathing. It's a martial art. Of course there is one if it's used improperly or held too long. That's the point of having a tap out so no one fucking dies. But what happens when Chauvin does the, a jiu-jitsu move on someone and then holds their throat when they shouldn't, and they go, hey, I was just, uh, uh, I was just using my training uh, as directed by the department, and then they get off. Yeah, good, and, good, and, good and, point. And it gets used as an excuse to say, look, we were told to use this non-lethal method. It didn't go well, and I'm really sorry about that, but uh, I did the best I could, and I did what I was told. Yeah. It, it then adds a layer of protection. So I think for police who don't want to kill people, it's a great thing. I think for police who have no problem murdering black men for possibly using counterfeit money or selling loose cigarettes or any of that, it's like the problem we have with policing isn't that they're not skilled enough in combat. The problem we have in policing is they're not skilled enough and not using combat tactic against people with too much melanin in their skin. And so, Stuffy, I think you have a good point. Whereas, yes, I do believe that level of training is good. And I think, and I am for anything that is non-lethal. I just simply worry that we already have so many non-lethal methods and they're not used. And when they are used, they're usually used as torture tools. Yeah. The problem is not that police aren't trained enough. I mean, and to be fair, they're not trained enough. 90 days in a fucking boot camp? Give me a break. I mean, anyone who's a mil- who's been in the military as a listener, you go through movement, and then you go through MOS training. Like, cops literally have less training than infantrymen. Number one, mm-hmm. and infantrymen tend to show far more restraint in combat yeah. scenarios than cops. They are I was not going to say, and less rules. Yeah, there's <laughs> way more rules of engagement for military personnel whose asses are on the line for every time they do it, where they don't have fucking qualified immunity. They don't get grand fucking juries. Cops get to go on a trigger happy killing spree because they felt they might be in a little bit of danger. That's what we always have is anytime a police officer feels they're in danger, they get to go fucking kill anyone they want. And I just don't see that giving them months of training in jujitsu would stop those people who want to kill because they're cowards. I think it would simply give them a tool. I think we we, we touched on this uh, more than I think several times, but this is a multi-layered issue. There are multiple multiple components to the issue of police brutality in this country. Well, I, I'm going to agree with Chris. I think what you're, is being proposed there is a good idea. But like Chris said, if you don't deal first with all the different layers that are contributing to police brutality, giving them extra training, is it going to stop that? I mean, there might be a handful of like, overzealous cops that are are legitimately just terrified in the moment and go to a kill maneuver and might be more confident if they have that training. If there are, I would say that's probably the minority and it's not going to fix the problem overall, at least not a measure in a measurable way. So, but I think it's, it's, it's a discussion. Now a combination of that training with disarming them. Now that is something I would talk about. If we were going to talk about taking away their firearms and giving them martial arts training. Now that's an idea I can get behind stuffy. If we're going to replace lethal force with a, a a blue belt in jujitsu training, now we're talking because I do believe a person who's out there, especially if they're unarmed, does have a right to defend themselves. And I see that makes it a lot harder. Not that I want to get Derek Chauvin didn't use a gun. It's not always that case, but I just I believe that that might help a little bit. 
I guess I just think you're thinking very nobly of unnoble people. Um, I think education is good. And I think giving people in jail an education is a good thing. I don't think the Unabomber needs a chemistry set, though. And and that's the (laughs) thing is, I think our problem with policing is not that they don't have enough training in how to hurt people. I think the problem is they're too willing and protected when they do. And I want to see those protections eroded and then maybe some more non-lethal moves put in. And we can talk about where that might be a cost benefit. But as long as they still carry guns and they're still allowed to run around murdering people without consequence, I un- I-, I like your idea. I just don't think it would actually solve anything because that's not the problem. I think that's, a, that's the crux of the argument. And thank you, Stuffy. Like, honestly, like you and a few others are always giving us these great, insightful questions. I absolutely love it. Yeah, keep Everybody coming. Out there, is, keep, these are good discussions. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm feeling it. I love it when we're forced to think on the spot. We're, we're out here bitching about old men dropping bombs and Stuffy's fucking, you know, coming Bring up with it. some out-of-the-box shit. I like it. Same. You got it. All right, so what's the light stuff? Now to the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over to iTunes. <laughs> Uh, we've got another uh, review that's really sweet. Wanted to bring it out there. This is from a new person named Chaotic Socialists, giving us five stars. Thank you, Chaotic Socialists. I, I don't know who you are, but you have. I am jealous that I never thought of that screen name. That's fantastic. You're amazing. Uh, hi, all. I very much enjoy your weekly podcast. I look forward to it every single week. I really love the fact that you are all on three different opinions of the left. Kay is more of a social Democrat. Matt is more of a democratic socialist and Chris is a communist. At least that is my interpretation. That is pretty correct. She's going to say, let me know if I'm off on that. No, you're, you're hundred percent. That's pretty dead on. I would say chaotic good. You are, uh, you are right on the money. Anyway, I love the historical context that Chris brings to the topic each week. Please keep up the good work. Best. Oh, Jacqueline. She loves her, 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 actual name well thank you jacqueline aka chaotic socialist someone stayed awake during my lecture you know you're <laughs> down on yourself but i th- you know what put this out there right now hit us up on social media guys let us know let us know what if you, you like of- lectures yeah because honestly i think they're fascinating and i think chris does an amazing job give us i just some want love. to point out that this is coming up as a topic because in during in the middle of today's podcast in the middle of my boring lecture on vietnam we had a computer screw up and our recording stopped. We had to go back to it. And I was like, and my internet cut out for a second. So I didn't know where I lost them. And I said, Hey guys, what was the last thing I said? And they were like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. To be fair, we hear your lectures all the time. Okay. Fair. They only fair. get one a week. Yeah, guys, I'm not just bringing it. I am a absolute, a nonstop blowhard in real life. So all that respect you have for me, just remember, I'm like this all the time. You know, sex is really great, but if you do it for eight hours a day, it gets real chafy real quick. (laughs) That's how my personality is. Anybody who actually listens to this podcast who knows me in real life is nodding their head right now. (laughs) So to everyone that knows and loves me, I'm sorry. And then one last (laughs) final note here, guys. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Can I get a fuck you YouTube? What do you guys think? Oh, fuck you, YouTube. Fuck you, YouTube. So to give our listeners some background, some of you Kate, may Kate have Kate doesn't noticed. agree. Kate. No, no. I The thing is, is I agree, but uh, we, we did push and we got smacked down. And um, for the stupidest, bullshittiest reason there. I don't uh, I disagree that it was for the dumbest and shittiest reason. Okay. And, and before this turns but into we a warned, Franco episode, real quick. Basically, we put up the China episode, which, in fact, we had no assertions as to whether or not COVID was real or bad or anything like that. And because we simply talked about China and the Wuhan lab theory as to whether or not it has credence, we were deleted off of our our podcast was deleted off of YouTube uh, for uh, misinformation for COVID. When we appealed it, they put a hold on our account. That's basically the long and the short of it. They kept saying that we were spreading medical misinformation. Now, I appealed it. They gave us a warning strike on it, and I appealed it saying the only time we talk about anything that is fake is in the context of saying specifically what the idiots that are peddling these conspiracies are are saying. And and the point we're doing it for is to ridicule them mercilessly and say how wrong they are and then point people at good sources like the who and the CDC. Well, I submitted, 
Yeah. Well, hold on. And this within 30 seconds of submitting that I got a response saying, we still determined this was fake or this was that, that this was medical misinformation, which is an seconds. auto response. No human yeah. being read it. No, no exactly. Of course not at all. And so we had a talk on the back end and I'm asking the guys, okay, it, it says if we get another ding, they're going to shut us down for a bit. And we decided to give it a shot and see if we could do it. And as soon as I uploaded the video and the algorithm started scanning it, they immediately dinged us again for trying to upload it. And so now uh, the only episode you're going to see on there for a while is episode 28. Uh, YouTube isn't our primary source for listeners anyway. Uh, we don't get a lot of engagement there. If you are on you, if you know anyone that listens to this on YouTube, or if you did um, stop listening on YouTube and just go to a better source. Cause YouTube sucks. Fuck YouTube. Go to, yeah, we're we're going to keep throwing them on there, but go to Spotify, go, go to, to Google iTunes. podcasts. Hell, yeah. we're even on go Pandora. to Podbean. Yeah. Go to Pandora. Pandora. Go to iTunes. Yeah. If you go to our Instagram and our Twitter, there's a link tree. We are, we made sure to post our, our nonsense everywhere. Hit it, keep hitting us up with this good feedback and good comments. Uh, if you guys want to email us, altleftpodcast at gmail.com. Simple as that. Absolutely. Or you can send us a message through Facebook or uh, Twitter. All you guys got to do is type the Alt Left Podcast into Google and you will literally see a whole page of nothing but leading to us. Pretty much. So that's it. We're going to go ahead and call it a wrap, guys. And uh, thanks for being here. We didn't, I didn't preface it with this because every time I say it, I'm always making fun of it. So I didn't say this is a light and fluffy, but thank you for joining us for a light and fluffy episode. Uh, mm -hmm. We didn't decide to, uh, you know, do a six hour lecture on the origins of the clan and how it represents today's problems with canned soup culture. Um, no, we, we, we just talked about current events and what's going on because sometimes we should just talk about some current events that are happening that scare the bejesus out of us and that no one's actually talking about. So thank you for being here with us. Uh, free Britney, fuck Bill Cosby and Joe Biden is a terrible maniac. We love you. We will see you next week. And until then, take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And remember, the revolution is you.